If you're feeling more like roommates than soulmates, it's time for the Legendary Marriage Podcast. The trials and challenges of life take their toll on every couple. But you refuse to settle for an ordinary marriage. You long for a deep, fierce love, the stuff of legends. This is your life and your marriage. This is the legacy you will be remembered for. So we're on a mission to inspire and challenge you to live the adventure of a legendary marriage. This is episode 58 of the Legendary Marriage Podcast, and we're your co-hosts, Danielle and Justin Williams. Each week, we're bringing you inspiration, encouragement, practical ideas, and of course, a challenge that will help you build more intimacy and connection in your marriage. And we have a whole lot of fun along the way. You know what? It's, so it's January. It's cold out there. It's cold out there. Every day. Isn't that the beginning of Groundhog Day? Wait, that's yeah. February. We're jumping ahead of the gun a little bit here. We'll do the bit again when it gets to February. Oh, okay. Don't worry. Uh, so it's January. A lot of people setting fitness goals for the new year. New Year's resolutions. Talked <clears throat> about that last episode. Yeah. If you missed that one, y'all. Go back to legendarymarriage.com slash 057 and catch the show notes there. And we're talking about three ways to care for yourself and your family in this new year. I mean, the importance of setting yourself for mental stimulation every day Mm. and how to ensure that your family will live a life of health and fitness and putting God first and caring for yourself, how it can cut down on the mommy guilt. I guess daddy guilt's a thing too, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is a daddy. It's it's a thing. But people don't talk about it I mean, let's face it. I love my job. So we haven't really mentioned this. Yeah. But about a month ago, I started a new job. Yeah, another coaching job outside of Legendary Marriage. Yeah, so like I'm I'm in the corporate thing, and and I, I work for an amazing company and a great team. And so, do you have some I'm daddy super guilt? Excited about that, and I love the work that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I'd much rather be at home with you and my, my kids. Yeah, of course, because <laughs> we're awesome. Hello. Yeah. So here's my question for you: What is your favorite way? to care for yourself oh uh if we're talking about self-care here one of my favorites is to go get a massage i don't get to do it very often but surprising i thought you were going to say hiking in the woods i mean i talk about that all the time oh yeah but you do like a massage i i enjoy a good massage like make me cry kind of massage yeah you always tell them harder deeper Yep. What do they call that? Swedish deep tissue or something? I, there's, there's no nationality associated with it. It's just, um, <laughs> it's like a sports medicine kind of massage or a trigger point or just deep tissue. Uh, if Depends it was up to you, how often would you get a massage, honey? Every... Every day. Every day? Yeah. If 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 we had bought a, a ticket for that $400 million Yeah, the Super Bowl or whatever. Drawing, one of the crazy things I would do with that is have a massage every day. All right. Yeah. Good Absolutely. deal. Absolutely. So what about you? What's something in your life that maybe isn't self-care? Maybe it's something that like masks itself as self-care? Well, I'll be, I, I don't know that I'm quick to admit it, but I would say a good uh, Netflix binge. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, and in the moment, it can feel restorative. It can feel like, ah, I'm just kind of checking out, but then it can just turn into escapism and then my neck hurts and then my eyeballs turn into cubes and, and then it's just not restorative anymore. It's just kind of like sucking the life out of me at that point. So yeah. Kind of like when I eat a pan of brownies. Yeah. Self-care you think maybe in the moment, but about 30 seconds later you realize you just tanked yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so so then what's the biggest obstacle to really doing the things that are restorative? I feel like it's just being intentional and taking action on it, like making the plan and following through with it. Yeah. For me, it's 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 the lie, right? It's the it's the lie like you just immediately believe I default to the old pattern of like, oh, the the brownies that that makes me happy. I like mm. brownies. Mm. I don't like the giant brick in my belly 10 minutes later, but 
but but like we create these patterns of like we go to the to the unhealthy solution. So you go to an old mindset that's yeah. an el- unhealthy mindset. Yeah. Well, you know what? Today we have on the show we have Aaron Grieger. What? Who is wife, mother of three young girls, and she's also an online fitness coach for Beachbody.com. Beachbody. I know we love Beachbody, where she helps women lose weight, drop inches, learn how to eat healthy without breaking the bank. Hello. Start to feel good about themselves while having their spouses even comment on their increased energy, confidence level, and improve in their figure. Hubba hubba. <laughs> oh, yeah. So welcome to the show, Aaron Grieger. Thanks for being on the show today. Hey, Aaron. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. Yeah. yeah. So um, we had we had shared that we actually both went to the same college, Bowling Green State University. Um, I found it to be a bit of a snooze. What do you think, Aaron? Yeah. I mean, to be completely honest, I think looking back now, I just, I feel bad saying this, but it was like a means to an end. Yes. I feel like that whole, you know, when you go through those experiences and you're just like, I just did it to get it or, you know, get the piece of paper or whatever. What do you think? Justin's an alum too. Uh, are you going to slam our, our uh, school on air? Are no, you going to do it? No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not colluding with you on this. Oh, okay. Okay. So, Aaron, how did you get into fitness coaching to begin with? <laughs> um, that's actually a really good question. I, you're going to maybe laugh at this, but way back in the day when I was like in elementary school, my parents used to take like jazzercise fitness classes Um, at a local elementary school. And I would go with them because I liked to dance. I just thought that kind of stuff was fun. And the instructor would actually bring me on stage with her and I would help like teach the class, if you will. How old were you? I mean, like elementary school. I mean, it was more like- Did you have have the leg warmers and the leotard? That's what I want to (laughs) know. Yeah, and actually I have a picture (laughs) <laughs> I actually posted it on Facebook about a month ago because I found it at my parents' house. And um, it was just funny. So like, I think my parents had always shown fitness, but um, really then from there, it was when I was in college, I knew that I had to go to be consistent. Like if I wasn't teaching a class, I probably wouldn't go. I probably wouldn't stay active with my fitness. So I started teaching classes then in college, basically for my own accountability. And so I started that in college. Um, and then when I was a high school math teacher, I was teaching fitness classes on the side, again, just for my own accountability or I, or I wouldn't go. And uh, at the time then I knew though, once we had kids that I wanted to be at home. So with that, I started looking at, okay, what else can I do with fitness so I can be home? Well, there's only so many classes you can teach in a week and not burn yourself out. Um, I also got a personal training certificate. So I was doing personal training, but again, like you're trading time for money. And so I had to be there all the time to make anything decent. And then of course the hours are like way early in the morning or at night. And that's opposite of my family time. And so at the time then I had a friend who asked me more about doing online fitness coaching. And that's how I transitioned more into now online fitness coaching. Because it works. No, I, I love your beginning story about jazzercise because I have a similar I have a similar memory of no no just what? no I didn't go up on the stage, but I remember my mom would take jazzercise when I was a little kid and she had the leg warmers and the leotards and the oh my gosh, she had the whole deal. I'm sure your mom <clears> rocked. She did rock it. And she had like the perm and like the sweat band. And she, she, my favorite song at Jazzercise was Man Eater. She's a man eater. Like, I don't know if I'm aging myself. I probably am aging myself. But that was my favorite part of Jazzercise was singing Man Eater and like going crazy. How about you, Justin? Did you go with your mom to jazzercise? No, no, no. My parents, <laughs> my parents, their exercise was they bought a Schwinn Aerodyne stationary bicycle. You know, the one where the front wheel was a fan? Oh, oh yeah. And they had that. And I think it's got like eight miles on it. 
<laughs> like my mom still has it. But but you hang a lot of clothes on it with like that grid. You can hang it. like a lot of clothes. Yep, yep, yep. And, <laughs> and I just remember trying it, trying to get on it. And we lived in Northwest Ohio in the winter and everything. And I remember trying to get on it. And it was just like, this is just blowing cold air at me. It's it's like penalizing you for, for doing it. Oh, no, that's supposed to be not. refreshing because you're sweaty. So when when in the winter, we would go sledding. Okay, out of out our back door, we had us a little hill. We would sled out there, and we'd come in. We had the fireplace in the basement, just raging. And so then you would get the we'd wheel the Schwinn over in front of the fireplace, to, in order to blow the heat around the room. Thank you for all of our little glimpses into our childhood flashbacks. Okay, so back to what Aaron was I saying. Think we tried to shred some <laughs> G.I. Joe guys' heads off okay, in that family. Honey, too. please, please. Okay, so Aaron, I love what you were saying about the accountability thing. Like, if you did not teach these classes, you were not accountable to there was no reason to like get out of bed in the morning. Like I feel like accountability is like a big deal for me. Like if I am left to my own self, um, it's going down the tube real fast. What have you found from your clients? Oh yes, that is so true. In fact, I will have people tell me, yes, you know, me and my friend, we're going to get together and we're going to be accountable to each other. And we're going to go do this. And I say, well, what's your friend's track record? Well, we're both just starting. Do you know how successful that is? It's not. <laughs> like, and I feel bad saying that, but when people start out, you need to find somebody in whatever area of life, but with fitness specifically that we're talking about, who's already consistent in doing that. Because chances are, if you're both at a, an equal level and you're not consistent with doing it, you're both going to fall off. But if you have someone who's already consistent, you want to find someone who's already successful in that area and join them. That is such a good idea too, because I feel like um, you, it's like your friend and you, you know each other and you love each other, but you've probably tried it together like 10 times and fallen off the wagon and gone out to Starbucks instead of the gym with your friend. And the thing I have is like when I have a friend that's working out with me, inevitably one of us is like, well, I'm sick. And the other person is like, well, you know, I stayed up really late last night with the kids or whatever. And then it's like, you're done. You know, I feel like a lot of times I'll fall into that trap where if you, you uh, are inconsistent one time, it's like, it's over. And so like, I screwed the whole thing up. I'm done. Um, you know, have you found that to be true too? Oh, absolutely. And as you're talking about this, there's one other specific relationship that usually does not bode well for accountability in fitness and in health. And it's the husband and wife relationship. <laughs> no. I know are both into fitness. Like when people tell me they're going to use their spouse as their accountability partner, I kind of just like grip my teeth and think, okay, I'll be sure to check in on you in a month to see how you're doing. Because I mean, I love my husband, but it's either like I'm, he feels like I'm nagging him or, you know, he sees me go get something chocolatey to eat and he's asking me and I'm thinking, what, I can't have this. You know, I mean, it just ends up being a disastrous idea yeah. sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like, um, especially I know a lot of your clients are probably moms and it's like, who has time for working out too? It's like, especially I know you've got three girls at home and you're homeschooling and, 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 you know, they've got karate class and they've got, you know, church and all this other stuff. And when can you actually make time as a mom to, you know, exercise and really just take care of yourself? I feel like a lot of times moms neglect that taking care of yourself piece. Absolutely. I think as a mom, instinctively, um, you want to serve your family first, especially your kids and your, your husband. And that means you get put on the back burner. I just had a friend over the other day and her and I were talking about this exact issue and feeling the mom guilt. Like even if, if the kid is crying, we want to be the one to solve it. Even if it's, <laughs> I don't want to say, even if the, the husband is around, it doesn't mean that they, they're not doing a good job, but as a mom, if you hear that, you want to be the one to reconcile that. Or if the kid wants you, you want to be there for them. 
even if you are working out and you're doing something healthy for yourself, you still, I think, have that mom guilt sometimes that that has to be um, worked through and discussed. And I was telling my husband the other day, like, I don't know, honey, this is just how I feel. This is the mom guilt I feel. And he's like, well, sometimes that's not rational. I go, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about rational. That's a, that doesn't mean that's how I feel. And so the first thing I usually have to tell moms is, by you taking care of yourself and having your kids around, you are actually helping them. Because if they never see you eat healthy or exercise, how do they know that's what to do? Mm-hmm. And I think we've all had a moment where our kids have said, mommy, I want to be like you, or I want to do this like you. Or, and so it's like, you want them to pick up your good traits. Well, taking care of yourself and exercising and eating healthy in balance, obviously, is part of what they need to see because what they are taught growing up is what they will continue with. I mean, and that goes for everything, especially even um, with faith. Growing up, I saw my parents spend time reading the Bible. I saw them go to Bible studies. I saw them do that. Growing up, I just thought that's what you do as an adult. Mm -hmm. And if you're not modeling that behavior for your kid. So the first thing is I tell them, you've got to be the example for your kid. If you want them to take care of themselves and you want them to feel good about themselves, you have to show that. And so I, if you can help the mom with the mindset and help her um, realize the rational behind the motives, I think that's one of the first steps that helps get them going. So I, I, I'm going to jump in. I, the way I, I think of it is that we get so stuck in the little stories the little, the little moments, the, oh, well, I need to do this urgent thing or this urgent thing or this little thing over here that we, we lose track of the bigger story, the, the one that where we want to see our family um, become healthy and whole, right. where we want to see our family have a deep, intimate relationship in faith, where we, we want to see this long arcing story happen in the life of our family. And, and what you're, what you're saying is, uh, uh, the little, the the, the little urgent things can tend to derail the big story or they just don't match up too. It's like, if you're spending a lot of time, like, Oh, you know, we just have to, you know, take the kids out to eat and, you know, uh, hurry up and go to this practice or this thing or whatever. It's like, does that even match the big legacy that you're trying to leave? Um, just getting caught up and being busy in the moment. Cause we all do that. I yeah. feel like that you see that shiny object <laughs> and a lot of times it's a whiny kid or, you know, something like that. And you're like, you let it, at least for me, I let it so easily derail me because it's like, Oh, I got to hurry up and take care of this. But, um, yeah, I was just, I know that Aaron, you talk about three different aspects of how you can take care of yourself. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, absolutely. Um, the three areas specifically that I usually try to talk to moms about are uh, mentally, physically, and spiritually, because, I almost hate the word balance, you know, because there is really no such thing as life balance or our seasons. But if you are not actively in tune with these areas or at least um, address them often, then you will find yourself way out of balance. And so the, the biggest thing starting off is mentally. I mean, you have to be in the right frame of mind because again, Unfortunately, as a mom, I think sometimes your behavior, your attitude sets the tone for the whole household. And if you are going to have a negative attitude or a, an I can't attitude, those kinds of things wear on the family. And so that's the biggest thing is mentally, you've got to be plugged in. And I will tell you, I used to think like professional development or personal development was for people who like needed help. And apparently I was grandiose in that and I didn't need help. (laughs) And uh, so, but then I learned that I was wrong and I learned that professional and personal development are huge, especially in your mindset in the morning. And I will tell you a quick five minute, if you guys need some place to start, anyone listening, if you, Darren Hardy wrote a book called The Compound Effect. So that's a great but he also does something called what he calls Darren Daily. And if you go to darrendaily.com, Monday through Friday, he sends a five-minute audio, or it's actually a video, five-minute video that you can watch 
I usually watch it when I'm getting ready in the morning or I will listen to it with my girls because his ideas are very, they're positive, they're encouraging, they're motivating. They can hit any level, any relationship, work. I mean, they're, they're all encompassing and they're just a great way to start your mind. And if you don't have that kind of mindset going forward, then you're going to, it's going to be very easy for you to digress. It's going to be easy for you to give in and not be accountable to your workouts or your accountability partner or not be in a, a good daily routine. So I, think I like that idea. I always think about the like garbage in, garbage out kind of a thing. It's like you have to think like if you're going to be this amazing physical specimen or, you know, run an amazing business or whatever it is, it's like, what are you putting into your body and expecting an amazing output? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm as guilty as anyone else on going on a Netflix binge here and there. And then it's like, um, I wonder why I'm so stymied in my work and I can't, you know, output anything. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah. read a book, Danielle, or, you know, get in your quiet time in the morning or whatever it is. I'm a big audio booker because I don't know about you, Aaron, but it's like little kids running around and I'm always like in the, my minivan, my second home. Um, I like to listen to podcasts. I like to listen to books. And I feel like, like you said, it just kind of gets your brain like activated in the morning. Well, and you're exactly right. I honestly, it's hard for me to sit down and read a book. Cause like you said, like that I need more discipline with. And I usually try to tell myself, okay, just 10 minutes. You don't have to get through a full chapter, just 10 minutes. But I do a lot more of like what you said. I do a lot of the audios. Um, so like you said, people have called it drive university. I don't know if you've heard of that kind of thing, but listening uh, to podcasts or listening to professional development, something in the car, I do that. I even do it during my workouts. Instead of listening to the TV, I will mute the TV and I will oh. listen during my workouts. Oh, because, because like if you're doing one of the, the beach body or something like that, or to, or to the point where you know that particular thing, you're yes. engaging a different part of the brain and it creates a, uh, a higher level of engagement in the workout. Yeah. I think, I think vice versa too, because there's a lot of, you know, go back, going back to my geeky teacher roots. Like there's, when you involve a kinesthetic thing, when you're also learning via audio or video or whatever it is, it sinks into your brain even more when you're actually moving at the same time. So I love that idea, Aaron. We'll use that one for sure. Yeah. And then I usually have a piece of paper close by and if there's something good that I want to go back to, I'll write down what minute it was at. (laughs) Yes. For further instruction. And how about your, okay. So we've got mentally, what's the next one? Well, so physically we're talking about workouts. Let's go there next. Um, and here's the biggest thing. It's not an all or nothing. All right. It's a progression. It's always a journey. It's not a destination. You don't just reach a point and then you stop. So I think sometimes starting out with moms, especially who aren't doing anything like they're like, I can't work out every day. Well then don't, you know what I mean? Start with three or four days a week and you don't have to do an hour, start with 20 or 30 minutes. And it's basically just the start. And sometimes it helps like if you can find something that kids can get involved with. So now there are workout programs that we have on Beachbody on demand where it's um, a partner. It's called double time. You have to have a partner and there's kids in the video. You know, so there's a couple of videos now that have kids in them and, or that are dancey or that kids want to participate with. And so that kind of makes it easier for a mom to kind of get involved as well as she is incorporating her kids. If she can see that her kids are having fun, it's only 20 minutes. It's like the length of one of their TV shows. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not like she's spending all day. I like what you're saying about set it reasonable, um, set yourself up for success because I, 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 you know, this is that time of year we're in January here and it's just like, you know, you just know that there are tons of people out there that are biting off way more than they can chew. And, you know, they're getting, I'm going to lose a hundred pounds by <laughs> February 14th <laughs> by Valentine's day. Ooh, you're going to be looking sexy for Valentine's day. If I lost a hundred pounds, I'd be dead. <laughs> No, but seriously, I love the idea of just being like, know yourself. Like if you say like, I'm going to run three miles every day, A, I'm not a runner. 
And B, I'm going to drop dead after like a block. So running three miles every day is not a good plan. I'm setting myself up for failure right out of the gate. And I think you need to find something you like. There are plenty of things out there that you can find something that you like, you know, from dancing to weightlifting, to going to a gym, to taking spin classes. So I think finding something you like is key. We want to pause in our interview with Erin Grieger just for a moment to tell you about a special opportunity we have coming up. Refuel your relationship for the adventure that lies ahead. The next legendary marriage intensive will be February 15th through 18th in breathtaking Southern Utah. And it will include an epic adventure into Zion National Park. At Legendary Marriage Intensive, we take a deep dive into your love story and we help you create a clear shared mission for the next season of your marriage and family so you can stop feeling stuck, stale, and alone in your marriage and start having more intimacy, fun, and adventure. And here's what one participant had to say. It felt like family from the moment we walked into the lodge. Legendary Marriage Intensive opened up communication with my spouse in a whole new way and was a whole new self-discovery and recharge between us. I'm so excited for the second half of our life together. If you're ready to claim a spot for the next Legendary Marriage Intensive, We'll ask you to head over to legendarymarriage.com slash intensive and fill out the application there. We will follow up and have a brief phone call to make sure that it's the right next step for you and your marriage. Registration closes Sunday, January 14th at 7 p.m. So reserve your spot now. So hit up legendarymarriage.com slash intensive to join us in beautiful Southern Utah for a couple's getaway that will not only bring you closer together, but also give you a clear plan moving forward. So register now and make your marriage legendary. And now back to our conversation with Aaron Grieger. Along with that is the eating component. Because some people like, you know, they're like, I don't want to eat chicken and vegetables every day. Well, that's not really what you have to do. And I will tell you, some people are like, it's too expensive to eat healthy. I'm going to be the first to say it's not. And I'm sorry if that's going to bust some people's excuses. Now, if you're going to buy all organic, okay, then yes, it's going to increase your bill. But I will tell you, we have a very low budget for food and we eat relatively healthy. And so you can buy plenty of healthy foods and stay way under budget, you know, if you're smart about what you do. And that's something else that I can help people with. And I walk them through and I actually tell people starting off, one of the very things that helped me the most was learning how many of each food group I should have every day and how much of that food group. Because even though I thought I was eating healthy, I was overeating in fruits and overeating in healthy carbs. Well, when you do that, that all turns to sugar. And that's extra fat. And so what I tell people to start off is, is I can tell you, all right, how many you should have of each food group. Now, just plug in what you normally eat so you can see the areas you need to improve upon. And it's not an all or nothing thing every day, but it gives you an idea of, oh, now I see why I'm eating way too many healthy carbs and not enough vegetables. So maybe tomorrow I'll eat more veggies and less. But it gives you an idea to be self-aware And it's not like, I don't want it to be a, how do I say this? I don't want people to beat themselves up if they're not perfect at it every day. That's not the goal. Yeah. For you to be aware and to learn what it means to eat healthy. Go back to fifth grade. Is the food pyramid still a thing, Erin? Yeah, but don't follow it. (laughs) Okay. What is it now? Okay. So that's, that's a good question. (laughs) Um, Well, Well, don't they basic, don't they say it's basically upside down? Yeah. And I mean, I think that's one of the big issues. Okay. So we're going into a lot of of the big issues. I think that we are stuck in America because the food pyramid told you eat six to 11 stirrings of grains a day. That's why we have so many of the diseases that we have now. I mean, that's my opinion. After reading some books, if you really want to get into healthy eating, I'm going to give you a name of a book that is life-changing. It's called super life by Darren O'Lean. Um, he teaches you how to eat healthy for life and talks about how, what foods can help prevent diseases and which foods can extubate them. I hope that's the right word, but yeah. So right now, one of the things I use is the portion controlled containers, because I think it's very realistic. It's very easy for me to go into a dinner eating out even and say, okay, I need 
a protein today. I need a healthy carb and I need a vegetable. And it's very easy then to be at a restaurant and be like, okay, to pick that kind of a thing. So it doesn't lock you into certain foods because for me, I'm a picky eater and I don't like a specific meal plan. I like to choose my foods. And so this allows you to choose your foods. You have an entire food list and you choose which protein you're going to have. You choose which veggie, you choose which fruit, and you choose when throughout the day you eat it. But this at least gives you a guide as far as how many food groups do I, which food groups do I need and how much of them throughout the day do I need to be healthy? You know what I'm latching on to here, Erin, is that um, you don't have to get caught up in like the counting calories or, you know, I have to follow every single thing from this one cookbook. But um, I do think that when people, when at least for me, what I found when I, you know, put on the healthy eating hat and, you know, go to the grocery store or whatever, as long as you have a plan, like yeah. you, you're following some sort of plan, whether it's, you know, the portion control or, or, or paleo or whatever it is. Like if you have a plan and you follow through with it, yeah. I think you're going to cut out a lot of the issues as yeah. long as you start out with a plan. <laughs> yeah. Aaron mentioned earlier the, the idea of there's no such thing as balancing life, like the yeah. demands of life family, relationships, career, health and fitness, all of it. It's all too much for anyone to, to, to hold it all. So we have to prioritize things. And the way we talk about it is rhythms, practices, and structures and that transcend the season of life that you find yourself in. Um, you know, rhythms being the, the kind of, I know that my body needs this over a certain course of time, or that my heart needs this kind of thing, or that my, that my, that my work is going to flow this way. Like there's going to be a busy season here and a slow season here. So I'm going to create practices, whether it's a morning routine or a workout routine or a, a you know, a, a date night thing that, that fuels me through those seasons and the structure is putting it on the calendar and doing it. And you know what? I like what Aaron was talking about in the beginning about just making examples for your family, like yeah. you are a big time example of what your family is going to live like in the future. And I think we've been told this lie that time taken away for like food preparation is like for suckers, you know, <laughs> you, you <laughs> just get something fast microwaved and shove it in front of them. And so they can put it down their gullets, you know, it's like, um, you know, your, your time is too precious as a mom to spend 15 minutes chopping something. And it's like, I feel like Frozen that's a, chicken nuggets for everyone. I feel like that is a lie that a lot of us have been fed hook, line and sinker. And the truth is, is what you were talking about, Aaron is like, if you set the example of like, yes, we're going to be chopping fresh veggies and we're going to be cooking together. And, you know, why don't you pick some spices to add in or whatever it is. It's like including and making yourself um, a role model for healthy food preparation, I think is a really big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. And I think for me growing up, my mom we didn't go out to eat very often. Rarely did we drive through the drive-thru. We might've picked up pizza. Do you know what I mean? Occasionally, but we didn't eat out a lot. And it's interesting because that's how I was raised. So until you start meeting other people like in college and you see how people live and you realize, wait, you guys went to the drive-thru three days a week? Like, I think I'm at an advantage because I had that example growing up. And so I can now see, oh my gosh, I had a huge, I think, benefit seeing how my mom prepared meals for us and how she took time to do that. And that's something she did that it already, already, sorry, I'm stumbling my words. It made me inclined to already do that myself for my family. So if I did that, then that's what my kids are going to do. And exactly right. So I feel like it's not time necessarily taken away from your family, which I feel like is the lie that we're told. It's like, if you're going to spend a half an hour making dinner, that's a half an hour that you're not pouring into your kids or whatever. But exactly the opposite like yeah, you're taking goes, that half an hour to set a good example and even include them in an activity it goes back to the <clears throat> to the small story versus the bigger story or like the long game that that half an hour every day 
is investing in, in your, yourself and your family for the long haul, as opposed to the half an hour of playing Legos, which I would much rather do with my kids. Well, see, you can play Legos and I'll make dinner. And actually, a lot of times it feels like it's almost self-care to me to take that half an hour to like just chop <laughs> and sizzle things. And, you know, it's like I, I, I know a lot of people don't enjoy that. But if you do, I'd say lean into that. If you find that to be a, a relaxing activity, then, man, make time for it. Do it. I imagine that that cooking is kind of like working out and that nobody thinks, hey, I really like the idea of working out until they actually do it for a while. And you get past that, you know, 30 or 40 day hump that it takes most people to build a habit and then start to feel the results and you start to to notice what's happening in you and for you. And you go, oh, you know what? I kind of I kind of like this now. I, I miss it if I miss a day. All right. Yeah. Aaron, speak to that hump for us. Cause I feel like a lot of us get going and then we hit a hump and then it's like, then what do we do? <laughs> and I think that's true. And I think there's a, there's a couple of factors with that. One is the, you're bored now with whatever it was you were doing. So if you don't change up the activity you're doing, one, you're going to get bored and you're going to get burnout. The second thing is your body's going to stop changing. You're going to stop seeing results. You're going to get frustrated and then you're going to quit. And so I think it's very key. I tell people every four to six weeks, you should be doing something different, like completely different, not just same exercises, more weights, like do something completely different. And that's one of the reasons I like having the, I have beach body on demand where I have all the variety so I can easily change that up. And there's something to be said for finishing, like to do four to six weeks of something and then to change it up, not just change it up constantly. I hope that makes sense. But yeah. having that variety is key. The other thing is I will have, I run accountability groups. And so I will have people who will do it with me for a month. And then they'll be like, well, I think I'm good. I'm going to do it on my own. And then guess what happens the following month? They, yeah, they come back because they realize that they needed that support and that accountability to keep them going, even though they had the, the habit. Like you said, it usually takes... 30 to 60 days for people to make it a habit. But that's why I do what I do still to this day. I have been an online fitness coach for over eight years and I still run accountability groups monthly because I need to show up. <laughs> so if I'm running them, then I also have to show up and it keeps me motivated and excited to have new people join us and to see their results. And to, I have a full page of testimonials from people that I've worked with. Um, my, my OB nurse has lost over 50 pounds. Wow. And it's been amazing to see her journey. I mean, she joined me after I had all three of my kids, but to have somebody just know that she has to change for her lifestyle. Now she's, and by the way, she's mid fifties running sprint, sprint triathlons, you know? And she's like, age is just a number. She's like, I'm here to show everyone in my age group that this can be done. And She's one of my most inspiring, like my favorite story because it's just, she didn't give into that hump. She continued to plug in. She continued to change up her activities. So she would be continually engaged. And here's another thing. I think having some kind of goal, like I want to try something different. I want to run a 5k. I want to be able to do 10 pushups on my toes. I want to be able to do 10 pull-ups to have some kind of small fitness goal to work up to, I think is key. Yes. Yes. What would you suggest as a, as a goal for somebody who's just rolling off the sofa this January? Where, where do you start even with a fitness goal? With something you think is fun. That's the biggest thing. And so I think, I mean, honestly, you have to, usually when I talk to people, I kind of find out what their interests are and see what they like. And they need to start out with a community of people who are already established in doing it. I think the accountability is key. They need to have, and sometimes I will tell people either start with fitness or nutrition and then add the other one in it's slow steps. Because if you try to overhaul at once, you're going to just, you're going to get burnout. It's going to be too much, too much change at one time. You got to do baby steps. So having an accountability group is key, finding something that you really like to do. So I usually, when I work with people, I talk to them and we figure out what would be a good fit. We also figure out how much time and how many days a week and what's realistic. And then I have them send me, 
what their workout scheduled times are going to be for the week. And it can change during the week, but it's like a doctor's appointment or a work meeting. You might not always want to show up, but if it's on your calendar, you go and you do. I love that too. Like we are uh, a slave to the calendar, aren't we, honey? If it's on the calendar, oh, it's happening. More and more. Yes. I hate that. Don't you hate that when it's, well, I hate it when I have the gym scheduled in and then I click ignore and I'm like, oh no, why am I doing this? Don't click ignore then. (laughs) That's very true. All right. So the third idea of self-care, Aaron, is last but not least. Spirituality. (laughs) Yes. And this, and this is key. And this is something this year I've really been diving more into, I think, but I will tell you, I'm where I'm at because this is totally where God led me. When I first started doing online coaching, I prayed about it a lot and this is where he led me in the first couple of years. Um, I really prayed like, is this really where you want me? You know? And he affirmed one way or another that this is where I was supposed to be. And again, this year I've been diving a little bit more into that as well, but Making sure you have time for prayer and Bible study is is key. Um, and I know sometimes for me personally, unfortunately, sometimes I get into the rut of, okay, I read, I can check that off my list. I did my prayers. I can check that off the list, but really being actively engaged. And so, you know, being plugged into a faith community. So we do a family, basically Bible study every couple of weeks, you know what I mean? And making sure that you're actually learning more and growing um, I will tell you one of the best programs, or I don't even want to say programs, but it's called She Works His Way. And so Justin, sorry not to leave you out, but if you've not heard of She Works His Way, it was created by um, a girl named Michelle Myers, and she actually started out as a fitness coach. Her husband's a pastor, and it is, there's an app on your phone, it's a couple dollars, and there's devotionals every day. I'm also a member, and so they do trainings, and everything is based God first, family second, business third. And that, their trainings and their devotionals have helped me a lot this year. Focus more on, am I doing what God has called me to do first? Yeah. You know, and then my family and then my business. And she, I just listened to a training on doing godly goals and holy hustle. And setting up, what are my goals for the upcoming year? And is this, and praying over those goals and God, is this where you're going to lead me? And taking Everything that happens is pointing the glory back to him. So when people ask you questions, you can say, well, I couldn't have done X, Y, or Z without my faith or without God working in my life. And so that spirituality aspect, I think, is is key. I I really, really do. And I, I grew up with parents who were very active in their faith, who set an excellent example for me that's helped tremendously, I think, through my own faith walk. Um, you know... I don't know if I actually shared this with you, but my mom passed away three years ago from cancer. And I still remember she took care of herself. And I mean, we can't understand cancer, but I still remember asking her when she was pretty low after going through treatments and stuff. I said, do you blame God for what happened? And without even skipping a beat, she said, no. And I mean, her faith and what my dad used to share the faith of him, my mom through the family, his, his own struggle with grieving and dealing with that has been a huge um, example to me. And I think it's been a huge example for other people. I've had people who said, I love re- reading what your dad has to say and watching you guys through this journey. And I mean, that was, I mean, that was a, that was a tough thing for our family to go through and not to have answers for people who are questioning their faith and for them to still see that, that walk. So I know that was a long winded answer with a side tangent, but, um, I, I love what you're saying about, um, you know, life is whether it's just busy or crazy, or you have tragedy going on in your life or whatever, you are the person that is in you know, you have to set intentionality for how you're going to deal with things, how you're going to live your life, how your family's going to do it. Um, you know, you can easily crawl under a rock when, you know, somebody dies and 
come out in two years and go, what happened to my life? Or you can say, you know what, I'm going to use this for good and I'm going to keep you know, being healthy and everything. And I'm going to process this in a healthy way. So I don't know. Yeah. So Aaron, I'm just, just wanted to give you a chance to, to share some encouragement with all of those busy, stressed out wives and moms and, and women who listen, uh, when it comes to this idea of self-care, physical, spiritual, emotional, just what words of encouragement would you have for, for ladies today? Well, I think, especially moms, I think it's important not only for self-care for your kids, but for your, your marriage and for your spouse. Um, I think it's really hard when your kids are young that I think there's more stress on a marriage sometimes because kids are more demanding, kids are involved in activities, kids cost money. Do you know what I mean? And all these things pile up. And if you're, especially as a woman, if you're not feeling good about yourself, that's going to translate in, unfortunately, to you lashing out, I think. And sometimes it's taken out, especially on those that you love and your spouse, especially. And then there's a disconnect. Sometimes that happens. And if they're not feeling good about themselves, sometimes they don't want to be intimate. They don't want to spend that time with their husband because they don't have that, that self-esteem. So I think self-care goes it covers many aspects. It's not just being a certain size. It's not about fitting into a certain pair of jeans. It's about taking care of yourself because then your overall attitude and other things are going to be positively impacted by your self-care. And so again, starting out with things that are, are small in one of the areas, I usually try to get somebody to start out with something. So either it's the five minute video in the morning for mentally, it's you know, walking with your kids, taking bike rides. If you live somewhere warm right now, please take advantage for me because I can't. Yeah. But um, doing bike rides or walks with kids, you know, anything to get you moving to do something, spend five minutes praying um, or reading a devotional, you know, start off with small things that can hopefully, like you were saying, Justin, it's more about bigger picture. And sometimes that's hard. So I'm a type A person. I like numbers. I like charts. So I like to print out spreadsheets and I do at the beginning of the year, I try to do categories like, okay, date night every month and we can cross it off to make sure how, how often is it actually being done? One-on-one -on -one time with a kid. You know what I mean? Whatever it is that you want to do, I highly encourage to have some kind of track sheet and it's not for you to feel guilty if you miss it, but no. you don't know what you don't track. Exactly. And Sometimes that's hard for, I mean, type A people are like, yes, bring it on. Give me a list. <laughs> and then there are people um, like I have a best friend who is just, I don't even know if she'd remember where she put the piece of paper the day after she made the list. <laughs> I love her to death, but that is. Okay, Aaron. I'm over here pointing at Danielle. Let's not, let's not throw those people under the bus. Let's just let, beep, let's. Beep. Let, <laughs> no, I, I agree. Yeah, I agree with you, what you're saying. Like, whatever you put on your mind, on your calendar, whatever, that's what's going to happen. If you don't have those intentions and those thoughts, well, forget Discipline it. Discipline equals freedom. Oh, Justin. All right. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. And I know uh, it's a great yeah. way to just start off the year with, you know, all kinds of thoughts on how we're going to take care of ourselves a little bit this year. I love it. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. This has been great. So you can find Erin Grieger on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and she's also has a giveaway going right, right now, free eight motivation tips. And she's also running a crazy deal for her one week refocus group to start off the new year. Um, it even includes a workout plan, nutrition guide, accountability, and even Aaron as a coach. Oh yeah. There you go. <laughs> so as Aaron said, having, uh, she gave a nod to this, having fitness conversation with your spouse can be tricky. <laughs> yeah, I'll testify to that. Yeah, it's like, it's one of those things where it can be kind of a minefield mm -hmm. if you do not set the stage ahead of time. Who do you think is more sensitive about this, you or me? You. Yeah, probably. No, I think we're both no. equally as sensitive about it. But when you set the stage Wait, ahead of time... Wait, what are you saying? <laughs> 
<laughs> go on, go on. Because we both have fitness goals for this year, and yeah. we've you know we've shared them. You know, where they're out there on the table, and so we've kind of had the conversation of if we go off the rails this is the conversation that needs to happen or this yeah. is how you encourage me. And so I just want to say this is the challenge this week. Have a conversation with your spouse about what could it look like to be healthy and fit in 2018 and just anticipate the worst. <laughs> yeah, what do you mean there? I mean... The honey, you had another piece of chocolate cake or you're looking kind of tight in those jeans or whatever it is, anticipate the tough parts of those conversations ahead of time before somebody says, honey, do I look fat? And so you know how to navigate it because your spouse has always told you what to do. Well, one, don't ask that question. (laughs) And two, don't answer that question. (laughs) Okay. Like, we'll be talking about this over in the Facebook group this week. So if, if you've got questions about how to have that conversation or, or you know, stories about trying, uh, so come jump, and share them over on the Facebook community. Yeah, just jump on legendarymarriage.com slash community, and we will further the conversation there. And you can find this episode and the show notes at legendarymarriage.com slash 058. And tune in next week. We have Dave Hackbarth, my good friend, a professional martial artist. He is a second-degree black belt in Taekwondo and cross-trains in Hapkido, Muay Thai, Kenpo, and Krav Maga, and is just a fitness fanatic in general. Dave's going to be sharing his story from um, the place of having feeling like he was having a heart attack and how that catalyzed him into action uh, to take take responsibility for his nutrition and his fitness and, and really find his passion in martial arts. So you're not going to want to miss that. Go ahead and subscribe to the show on iTunes so you'll, you'll catch it as soon as it gets released. Here is a quick sneak peek into my conversation with Dave Hackbarth for next week's show. And the other important thing to know about some of my fitness journey, as well as my martial arts journey, is I grew up the shortest kid in the class. I was always the shortest kid. I was skinny and scrawny. So I always felt extremely vulnerable. Doing martial arts and doing physical training made me finally feel powerful, um, powerful in ways that I knew uh, I could protect myself and those that I love, because I'd been in plenty of situations in my life story where um, uh I was not defended. I was not protected. Um, and I feared for my life on many occasions. Ooh, can't wait to hear the rest of that conversation you had with Dave Hackbarth. Yeah, it was a really great conversation. I think y'all are going to love it. All right. We'll see you next week. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. We're thrilled to have you with us on the adventure. This is Danielle and Justin reminding you, don't settle for an ordinary marriage. Make yours legendary. Legendary.